0: Chapter twenty two of Lady Jim of Curzon Street This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lady Jim of Curzon Street by Fergus Hume. Chapter Twenty Two a sociable undertaker lacking the indispensable humour of his brethren bitterly complained that he rarely inquired after a friend's health without being suspected of business motives ex-lieutenant harry askew found himself in a similar predicament since his desire to marry a widow precluded him from offering sympathy that he should personally or by letter deplore the necessity of crape caps would suggest waning affection while a congratulatory address laid him open to the charge which this especial widow would certainly make of unseemly dancing on a newly made grave with laboured wisdom askew dropped between the horns of this dilemma paying no visit writing no letter he compromised by leaving a card in this dexterous avoidance of impalement lady jim read the untold story of his perplexity and smiled at the diplomatic evasion there being an exception to every rule the absence which should have made the askew heart grow fonder produced an opposite effect debarred from the temple of his goddess he began to ask himself why he worshipped and thereby dug the grave of illicit passion that such was now permissible and even praiseworthy considering its consolatory results only made him a more ardent sexton the votaries of eros can begarland themselves with roses but hymen's celebrants wear chains of approved legal pattern was the cultus of the matrimonial god worth such encumbrances thus askew inquired of his own pampered self and not knowing exactly what his selfishness desired obtained but a doubtful response what else could he expect Two-faced janus is the true god of oracles lady jim was witty beautiful chaste and brilliant admirable qualities in a woman but in a wife unless informed with love rather unattractive askew doubted if a composite mate of this glittering unwarm sort would satisfy his somewhat exacting requirements accepting too readily the world's definition what he and it called love was actually selfishness masquerading he fancied and with much reason that leah openly devoted to herself would not show devotion to him that is she being selfish and he ditto genuine happiness would not and could not spring from this union of like and like moreover he ignorantly loved in the world's sense through his eyes and with his lower nature so it was probable that the legal possession of irresponsive beauty would pall to limit a butterfly to one rose would bore the butterfly and if the rose were sentient she also might feel weary in this way and from surface feelings argued askew but natural limitations prevented comprehension of the true reason which disinclined him to prosecute his now legal and therefore uninteresting wooing he was a better man than he knew and this he would have known had he paid heed to the intimations of his higher self when it occasionally overcame the lower when the god within overtopped the brute he had beheld not so clearly the body as the soul of lola Fayardo, and had for one swift moment recognized that conjunction with the spirit would best promote his happiness a genuine marriage must be spiritual and it is the souls whom god hath joined which man is forbidden to put asunder askew's introspective self knew that his allotted wife on this physical plane was lola and that to her alone should love be given but the lust of the eye demanded leah kaim's beauty and feigned a spurious passion to gain possession absence from lady jim made him aware that he did not actually love her and a feeble struggle of the soul bound in chains of selfishness revealed that he would do well to seek lola once more hence came the war between light and darkness wherein the light so far triumphed that the young man sought curzon street with more self-control than was desirable in an admitted lover one be it known of the worldly material type only and may all such for the well-being of the race be anathema maranatha i took you to be more original said leah when he entered original to the extent of defying conventionality by calling before the funeral your grief needed consolation you declined to console i come now at the eleventh and less necessary hour besides she looked meaningly towards the window-seat where a flushed and smiling katinka adored with timid conversation and eloquent eyes a rather sour demetrius will you have a cup of tea thank you and they moved towards the bamboo table whence she had risen to whisper her greeting at the door advisedly it would seem since she cast a rapid and satisfied glance at the doctor's lowering face the set mouth the narrowing eyes hard as jade betokened jealous rebuke of leah's condescending to meet the newcomer as royalty should be met reading this index of a mind ill at ease lady jim resumed her seat tacitly pleased she had an end to gain and this over-attention to askew meant the beginning of plots it was over a month since the supposed jim kaimes had been packed away in the family vault and his widow enjoyed the fruits of her labours dr demetrius looking upon the thirty thousand pounds as purchase-money wished to possess the woman he had thus bought and objected to other customers eyeing his bargain hence his jealousy discerned a rival in askew and lady jim aware of this clear-sightedness was content that he should so discern she could neither cajole nor reason demetrius into trusting himself in paris but the desired result might be brought about by utilizing green-eyed jealousy the unexpected meeting of the rivals afforded her an eagerly seized chance of putting fire to powder the possible explosion she hoped would blow demetrius into siberian wilds thus playing with amorous fire she hastened to heap on lavish fuel i am seeing a few friends now said lady jim ministering to her visitors five o'clock wants. mademoiselle aksakoff and dr demetrius you know both i believe lady richardson may look in later also here she checked her tongue was due in half an hour but it would not do to advise demetrius of that the chances were that katinka aware of the intended visit would carry off the doctor early lady jim devoutly wished that she would her drawing-room was no stage for melodrama also queried the newly arrived also her son sir billy have you met him of course monte carlo i remember isn't he charming A d'orsay of the cradle Brummel in embryo i have a mind to marry him as a pocket-husband am i to wish you joy leah looked at him suddenly and understood this man had risen from his knees and the chances were going by experience that he would stroll away she did not intend to permit that since he was necessary to her schemes until demetrius was safely bestowed in siberia he would have to be flattered and coerced and ensnared into remaining then he could go and welcome with freedom and money she wanted no encumbrances, and it vexes a woman to have a man more earnest than herself hanging round her skirts however this was not the time for plain speaking and she answered in this thalian vein of course you must wish me joy in a whisper the smiles of leah the attitude of askew the sibilant indistinct voices of both goaded demetrius he all but interrupted the tea-table conference but since lady jim wished to be a princess she had conveyed that idea clearly and as katinka's aid was necessary to the recovering of his birthright he dared not to offend the girl jealous himself demetrius knew how easy it would be to arouse the doubts of another especially of a woman he therefore remained seated and waited developments while katinka chatted earnestly i really wish you would be reconciled with my father said she monsieur aksakoff is less willing for such a consummation than i mademoiselle she disagreed hurriedly you are wrong my father is willing but your enemies are not and my enemies are his enemies he inquired dryly assuredly but one enemy paul petrovitch is my friend your cousin katinka nodded and proceeded with explanations he has as you know much influence with the czar that would be used on your behalf if she paused coloured and cast down her eyes if what if i agreed to marry him thin ice indeed but demetrius skated extremely well mademoiselle said he gravely i cut myself off from my princely family and surrendered wealth that i might work the cause of humanity to assist a brother worker did i risk exile with the result you behold why then should i demand a sacrifice on your part to restore that which i personally do not regret believe me my friend it would mean no sacrifice you hinted when last we met that you were prepared to consider the proposition of resuming your rank i did contingent on certain events happening replied demetrius thinking that if lady jim insisted upon being a princess of the drawing-rooms he would be forced to yield but we can talk of this in a well in a few months there is no hurry recalling the necessary period of mourning no there is no hurry he paused then questioned suddenly you love paul petrovitch no no ah no it would then certainly be a sacrifice for you to marry him i would never do that how then could you persuade him to use his influence it is a case of diamond cut diamond explained katinka with the indifference of a woman to all other honour save that of the man she loves paul petrovitch wishes to marry me if i agree he will induce the czar to reinstate you in your possessions when you have made your peace at st petersburg i could refuse to-oh she broke off with a confused laugh do not look shocked monsieur demetrius i but trick him as he is prepared to trick me i am far from being shocked denied the liberal-minded doctor to prevent being bitten we must bite but the possible sacrifice lies in lending myself to such a trick i make it for you for you yes do you not understand only that stupid animal a sheep could have refused comprehension i am not worthy shuffled demetrius hurriedly i think you are she breathed tenderly will you not permit me to prove my belief i shall be honoured if in a few months the time is scarcely ripe for me to move and you will understand in short when things are different your noble offer we can discuss it later believe me he thrilled her with a light touch i comprehend the nobility of your nature ah my friend do not press me to take advantage of so glorious a sacrifice so stammered demetrius his confusion being worse confounded and wrapping up refusal in evasive words meaningless if sugared katinka sighed always she pressed her mediatory offer and always she declined acceptance angry that the proffered gift should be flung back in her face she suddenly felt a sense of outrage at his persistent quibbling this man must see that she loved him yet he trifled with her too obvious passion there was lady jim of course in spite of lady jim's readjustment of the situation at monte carlo yet could he could any man love this chilly self-centred english woman no as she knew demetrius demanded love for love and he certainly would not give all to lady jim without receiving back in kind therefore he did not love the woman therefore he was heart-whole and being so why should he not yield to one who was ready to suffer all for his sake she could not understand but this she knew that her self-respect rebelled and at that moment that feeling swallowing up all others impelled her to walk away without even a backward glance but she remained where she was since her adoration for this unresponsive god amounted to monomania she hated to cringe to cast down her womanly dignity but she was forced to do so passion proved stronger than self-respect than natural shame than maiden pride enthralled by venus as had been helen of troy she was forced to grovel at the feet of this as she suspected ignoble paris would he never smile would he never unbend she could not say she did not know all she felt was pure unhappiness and she could have cursed the power which trammelled her in these nets of undesired love the gods were sporting and olympus shook with laughter at her mortal sorrow come when you need me said she and rose demetrius was self-seeking yet possessed human feelings and of these shame was uppermost the vein of divinity which streaked his clay made him acknowledge that he was using hardly this flouted worshipper outwardly at least and with an impetuosity alien to his calculating character he wished to make amends let me come also there is no need she replied coldly and crossed to the tea-table you will excuse my departure lady james i have an engagement mr askew she bowed and then went silently out of the room do you follow doctor asked lady jim stepping with him to the scarcely closed door he did not reply directly but glanced across her shoulder towards the yawning lieutenant remember he breathed significantly and in his turn departed leah wondered that the feelings which had evoked the words should not have kept him watchful of her pretty play and confessed herself puzzled by his abrupt following of katinka's trail but having as she knew aroused his jealousy there was no need to consider meanings which would not affect her schemes aksakoff was due and before he appeared it was necessary to teach askew the role of catspaw he was to decoy demetrius to paris but of course she did not mean him to be aware of his ignoble duties she returned to rebuke him for yawning and to propose a remedy what you need is change of scene if not of society now there is paris which you probably know well i do not know it at all he confessed what a neglected education i must teach you paris will you be ready for your first lesson early next week i do not quite understand lady jim nodded laughingly which proves that our future is now split into your future and my future i am more in the dark than ever said the amazed listener lady jim curled her lip contemptuously you men need so much explanation said she Then meaningly i can still retain you as a friend i hope what do you that is on what grounds you do not comprehend he stuttered grew red and writhed over the fire in which she was grilling him with much enjoyment to herself ah but i do comprehend very clearly too when did the change come the change of heart if you wish me to enter into details there is no change in me he denied still red and flurried and no truth either when you make such a statement with a light laugh she recalled his fierce wooing you would not attempt to break my wrists now i am very very sorry that i was rough with you quite so and cannot you see that such sorrow explains everything not to me said askew desperately fervent leah clapped her hands gaily how very badly you do it do not go on the stage i beg of you well she kissed her hand to him adieu i hope she will be happy who will be happy the other woman there is no he caught her derisive eyes and broke down with an uneasy laugh i suppose we have made a mistake you have she replied promptly emphasising the pronoun ah his pride was wounded by the implied indifference then you knew it would come to this of course because i did not choose that it should end otherwise if i had chosen you would still have been she glanced smilingly at her slim feet then handled the teapot with ostentatious liveliness you can have some cold tea if you like as askew had intended to drop her the idea that she was dropping him and very readily to was wounding to his vanity you never loved me he declared did i ever say that i did well no all the same she clasped her hands over her knee and smiled indulgently at his mortified face all the same you are unwise to explain so we will change the subject mr askew ah not even harry not even leah she mocked still you can call me lady jim till you change your name certainly not for that of askew signorita Fayardo may think differently when you propose how do you know i shall he asked sulkily for every word she uttered fretted his uneasy vanity because you are a shuttlecock between two battle-doors she sent you flying to me and i shall speed you back to her the young man was almost too mortified to speak what a light vain fool you make me out to be no you are merely a man in the hands of two women clay in the hands of accomplished potters now she laid a caressing hand on his arm promise me to go back to rosario at once No snapped askew wincing at the touch and so gave her the very answer she required her motive in pelting him with hard sentences had been to arouse his vanity to assert itself in aggressive contradiction and for three reasons firstly she did not wish him to make an inconvenient third in mr baring's wooing of the spanish lady lest he should learn much that it was undesirable for him to know secondly she required him as her parisian decoy duck and thirdly it was out of the question that he should dare to end the flirtation without her leave a reflection of these things led her to play skilfully on manly conceit with the aforesaid result she was satisfied when he replied in the negative Ask you also since thereby in his own estimation he had vindicated virility and lacked the insight to see himself her puppet having gained her end lady jim apparently yielded to the lord of creation fiat well then come to paris with me and joan tallentire we go on monday to the hotel henri-trois champs Elysees. you can come on wednesday but i don't think i am quite sure you don't perhaps thursday will suit you better if you insist i do not unless on common sense of which you possess so little how you bully me he cried much vexed by this badgering of course we always bully those we love as friends that is ah here is monsieur aksakoff what a surprise she rose gracefully and sailed forward with outstretched hand so kind of you to come you know mr askew i think the diplomatist bowed and seated himself near the table whereat askew devoured by a desire for further confidences fumed with depressed eyebrows and twisted mouth lady jim rang for fresh tea listening meanwhile to aksakoff discussing the safe subject of the weather occasionally she glanced with amusement at her victim who by this time did not know his own mind and certainly was incapable of analysing his very complicated feelings she bewildered him he was not master of himself in her presence and alternately quailed and rebelled under her spells flight from circe was his wisest plan must you inquired lady jim winningly at the first movement must what please he asked sulkily settling down again must you go i see you must so sorry good-bye i do not want to-to be bored naturally a widow is but dull company please do not leave us in the dark the button is on the right-hand side of the door no that is wrong she rose and switched on the light herself that is better don't you think it is so good of you to come and cheer me then dropping her voice Paris? i shall cross on wednesday he murmured then we can resume our conversation what pleasure you promise me she retorted and closing the door came back to the waiting diplomatist yawning daintily excuse me monsieur aksakoff have i just ended a bad quarter of an hour that young man madam the same he wants to marry me shocking isn't it seeing that i scarcely know how to pose as a widow but natural on his part surely how nicely you pay compliments by the way sliding away from the subject your daughter was here she has gone off somewhere with your friend Monsieur demetrius aksakoff frowned it is kind of you to enlarge my circle of acquaintance madam i presume you desire to speak of this gentleman Leah raised her eyebrows no why should i our conversation at monte carlo did we converse so we did something about a sunset wasn't it the diplomatist became unworthy of the name through sheer irritation can we not drop our masks madam? i never knew that we wore such things said lady jim lightly i'm sure i do not why should i but you sent for me leah placed her elbows on the table and the tips of her fingers together i did to ask you for some letters to nice people in paris ah his face lighted up you go to paris my good friend have i not said so and the letters i shall be delighted aksakoff was now beginning to understand the necessity of reading between the remarks but are letters necessary i hope to be in paris myself next week how delightful you will be able to amuse me do not look shocked i assure you i only wish to drown my grief of course assented aksakoff dryly then added with a significance she ignored do you go alone to paris oh dear me no miss talantyre goes with me a charming girl who is engaged to my cousin the reverend lionel kaimes we stay for a week at the hotel henri trois champs Elysees, very quietly you know as i am still mourning as you are still in mourning corrected her visitor politely certainly you would not have me flaunting colours with poor dear jim just dead i want to be cheered up and i ask you mr askew to cheer me oh ah aksakoff wrinkled his brow mr askew goes to paris also he said something about it such a nuisance seeing that he thinks well i told you madame his thoughts are excusable but monsieur demetrius will be angered what do you mean demanded lady jim imperiously aksakoff's patience was almost exhausted we spoke at monte carlo he reminded her surely we understand one another possibly you may i'm quite in the dark why should you couple my name with that of m demetrius report says that he loves you oh report she laughed frankly amused if you believe reports Here a shrug and a contemptuous laugh why reports leave no one a shred of character i quite expect that my enemies mrs penworthy for one will say that mr askew followed me to paris for the purpose of marrying me at the british embassy aksakoff admired her profoundly without committing herself in any way or for a single instance she was placing in his hands the thread of the intrigue tacitly acknowledging a diplomatic superior he followed her lead i trust that mrs penworthy whom i have the honour to know will not spread such a report he said gravely oh but she will a horrid woman and scarcely respectable she has called in dr demetrius as her medical attendant and if as you say he admires me she is sure to make mischief well said aksakoff reflectively i am perfectly sure that if m demetrius heard such gossip he would forbid the banns finished leah hastily and derisively pa do you think knowing his danger he would trust himself in paris you are entirely wrong monsieur aksakoff our mutual friend left me this very afternoon to follow your daughter let him marry her now do no said aksakoff setting down his cup until he surrenders katinka he is safer in england in that case please do not let mrs painworthy gossip him into crossing the channel for your sake i will not said assikoff dryly and with every intention of aiding and abetting mrs penworthy will you give me another cup of tea she supplied him and their conversation embraced a variety of subjects no further mention was made of demetrius or of katinka or of askew or even of paris they quite understood one another did these two clever people when the diplomatist departed he kissed lady jim's hand with courtly warmth you are a charming woman madame a truly admirable woman but he straightened himself and looked into her eyes i should not like to have you for an enemy what do you mean by that asked lady jim artlessly a compliment madame believe me a very high compliment End of chapter twenty two